Previously on The World to Come. And thus was forged the Fellowship of Fiveborough. Fellowship sounds nerdy as fuck. In the midst of a fitful sleep, I had a dream. Nay, a vision. Can we all agree there's something strange going on here? We have a week until the Cardinal's performance when we'll all be back here. I'll bet I can work my way onto the ship patrolling the subtubes. Making noon? We can compare notes when we return here for the performance. The subtubes? But isn't that dangerous? I've heard they're teaming with subtribes. And now, the latest chapter in the saga of the world to come. Episode 5, The World Below It was two mornings after the Cardinal's proclamation and Lucas Sparrow woke with a rare sensation warming his cheek. There was actual sunlight pouring through his window. It was an unusually clear day for Fiveborough, but unfortunately for Lucas, he was to spend the bulk of it in the dark, dank recesses of the subtubes below their streets. Having secured a shift patrolling the subterranean roadways, Lucas took his trusty Schwinn and followed the many antique maps of the ancient transit system that were mounted in the old station stops. The path under Queen's Realm was an indirect route, but a safer one to traverse alone, so the young lieutenant left early. Although he arrived half an hour before noon, he found Telebastian seated on the edge of the old train platform, legs dangling over the dirt-covered path Lucas rode. Good morning, Lieutenant. And to you, Teller. I didn't expect anyone else to be this early. I like to be alone with my thoughts sometimes. Solitary reflection is a part of storytelling people rarely consider. I've been here all morning, undisturbed, but for a few odd noises coming from that way. Bastion gestured westward toward the gaping tunnel opposite the one from which Lucas had emerged moments earlier. That'll be the subtribes. They mostly dwell off the beaten path, but they have their own districts down here. You might have heard them skirmishing. There's been a lot of that kind of activity lately, according to reports. Are they not subject to the Pax Cardinalis? They've been peaceful until recently. Even before I joined Talon, I was put to work occasionally as a torch tender, keeping the roadways lit, so I've known the subtubes my whole life. Something weird has been going on lately. Do you want to come up here? Sit a spell? I have a feeling the overboss is going to be a while. <laughs> if she shows up at all. Lucas leaned his Schwinn against the wall of the platform and made his way over to a metal ladder bolted into the cement. What makes you think she'll be late? Lucas inquired as he sidled up to Bastion and took a seat beside them on the yellow line. I'm a Criterion now, but I was born on the real isle. It's just part of the culture there. There isn't much they take too seriously. They claim to worship reality, but their idea of what that means is a joke. Well, you sound glad to have gotten out of there. You got that right, Lieutenant. I never would have been able to serve as a raconteur amongst the Snookies. They just aren't interested in the stories I want to tell. Well, and what kind of stories are those? Stories with death. Stories with vision. With stakes that inspire a tragic decision. Or a feud. Clever, not crude. High stakes history. 
A prophet like Moses, a great heart to see The wars of the roses, armies charge Something that large But I'll tell it to you straight, this twist of fate Felt like a godsend when my work was feeling stale I was scared I'd lost my touch, but not so much Our squads and our blend, but together we won't fail Maybe this time I'll be part of the tale I know the feeling, Bastion The horizon looks closer than it did last week, doesn't it? I feel like I'm really part of something That's exactly it as raconteur, I spend so much time telling stories from the distant past. As if we're beyond the epilogue of humanity's story. As if the only tales worth telling were written centuries ago, and those who subsist have nothing left to say. Stories of fear, tales of salvation. We have them right here, birth, death, revelation. Civil war. All this and more Our species survives Our failures and glories Sit in no archives We need to tell stories Of our own We should be known And though I don't want to lead I feel this need To do the steering Chart the course and let that sail any worthwhile teller delves into themselves I'm pioneering We have frontiers to assail And this time I'll be part of the tale My past telling's about conditional Nothing was visceral Nothing was raw as it could be But soon I will renew my energy My muscle memory is gonna have you all in awe just you wait and see, my audience will quail So stupefied they'll be when I'm part of the tale Whoa. Whoa. With this team I'll travel far, I'm not the star My friend, that's all you, I'll just archive each detail Oh, the sagas will create, Lucas the Great is what they'll call you Crowds will fall for you wholesale But this time I'll be part of the tale I'm already excited to hear it You're such a good listener, Lucas Take it from a raconteur We can tell Bastion inclined their head And Lucas returned their gaze with a vacant smile A gravid pause hung between them Before Lucas realized this was his cue To expound a bit upon his backstory well, before I was in Talon, I was on the Cardinal's serving staff. It was my job to stand by unnoticed and listen for my cues. Apparently, I was very good at it because the Cardinal never even noticed me until I broke a wine bottle on accident and he sent me to the Talon Academy. He promoted you for dropping his booze? Lucas shrugged. He said he thought I'd look good in a uniform. In Soderberg, we have a saying, Lucas. Check your privilege. It means you should be aware well, of the- Well, don't you twos look comfy? Lucas and Bastion started at the sound of Danielle's brassy timbre coming from behind them. Bastion nearly tumbled from their perch, but Lucas halted their motion with a steadying hand. It's a beautiful day out. Shame we're spending in these, uh, shithole tunnels. I shall note your sacrifice in my telling of our story. 
We should get started heading west. Odds are anyone who can help us will be in the subtubes under Whiteway. The Cardinal doesn't send as many scouts into the east to the land of Lear. Lucas hopped down from the platform onto the dirt road below. Bastion leapt from their perch as well, and Danielle elected to take the ladder. Unto the depths we go, into the world below, on a mission to uncover some clues. We're strange bedfellows true, I should be with my crew, getting with you you can't refuse we've heard the call of fellowship Lucas took his Schwinn by the handles and walked it into the westerly tunnel which led them beyond Soderberg's borders and under the great greased river the first leg of their journey was uneventful the only subtube inhabitants they came across were of the rodent variety, and they were large and rather numerous. Ew! I only like rats when they're ground into spicy sausage, grilled up, and served over macaroni. I don't like to look at their beady eyes and their naked tails. I think they're cute. So, remind me why we're down here again. The open bar left me a little hazy on the deets. Uh, we're hoping to recover intel about the Cardinal from the subtribes. Lucas said they might have overheard something from the Talon scavenging parties that passed through their tunnels. The subtribes? But ain't they a bunch of pale skin, half-blind mole people? <laughs> I'm spooked. I'm out of here. Danielle, wait. We'll be fine. They're more afraid of us than we are of them. They tend to stick to the shadows and skitter off as soon as they see strangers. We'll keep you safe, Overboss. Teller's honor. All right, all right. Do you know where we're at, Luki? We're well into Whiteway now, so we should probably head north. Most of the scouting parties travel under Crime Square to get to the stinking tunnel and onto the hardened state. We can transfer to a northbound tube just up ahead. Do you hear something to the south? We don't patrol that tunnel, so it must be one of the sub-tribes. Should we check it out? Why the fuck not? As our trio drew closer to the source of the music, they noticed another party of tube travelers in the distance. They could make out a corseted young lady in a hoop skirt with a wholly unnecessary parasol, walking alongside a dapper young man in a dark purple cloak and charcoal gray top hat. Both were walking at a slow, casual pace with their backs to our heroes from the world above, ostensibly unaware of the company to their rear. What the fuck are the fan size doing taking a leisurely stroll on the white way? I don't think those are fan size. Lucas, Bastion, and Danielle quickened their pace to gain on the posh pair and noticed the priggish young man seemed to be pushing along some sort of cart. Lucas called out. Hello up ahead! Hot cheer, who goes there? The young gentleman halted his gait and pivoted on his heel, revealing a purple and gold cravat stuffed artfully between the lapels of his tailcoat. He approached our trio regarding Danielle with a grimace. Egads, that skirt is positively vulgar. Ladies, shield your eyes. Oh, you look good too, handsome. Surely you aren't planning to attend the cotillion in such an outrageous state of dress? Apologies. My friends and I are from above ground. We're in search of some information. Above ground? Upwardless? A third voice cried out from behind the young man. Scandalous. 
Darcy, turn me round straight away. I hesitate to allow your eyes to fall upon such a carnal costume, Grandmama. Darcy, turn me round at once. Of course, Grandmama. The dandy youth scrambled to comply, revealing that the cart he'd been pushing was actually a wicker wheelchair on which a dour elderly matron, with posture stiffened by the boning in her bodice, was reclining. No, oh, my word! That strumpet is wearing less than I do when I bathe. Hyacinth, shield your maiden gaze from the sight of this unseemly Bulgarian at once. This happens to be vintage juicy couture, y'all. Bag. I say, that is no way to address her grace. Apologies for my friend. My name is Lucas, and this is Danielle and Bastion. Ah, how do you do? I am Lord Darcy Hetherington of South Ferry. This is my fiancée, Lady Hyacinth of Bowling Green. How do you do? And my grandmama, the Dowager Duchess of Broadway, Lafayette. Charmed, I'm sure. You are periodontists, aren't you? But of course. And we were just on our way to Cotillion. My cousin, the Countess of Delancey Essex, is debuting today. Oh, I've had a positively beastly idea, Hyacinth. What is it, Darcy? What if we were to bring these upworlders as our guests? We couldn't possibly. But we'd be the talk of the tube. Surely the Dowager Duchess would object to being party to such infamy? No, hardly, my dear. There is only one thing worse than being talked about, and that is not being talked about. <laughs> A wild notion, and quite right, Grandmama. It is decided, then. But surely we must, at the very least, cover up the harlot with the bare legs and... Zebra-striped bosom? I shall lend her my cloak. The Lord of South Ferry removed his outer garment and offered to drape it over the shoulders of the overboss. Such a gentleman. That's rather the point. Darcy observed as he straightened out the wrinkles the cloak had left upon his tailcoat. He gestured farther down the tube. Come along, my new friends. We have a ballroom to dazzle. Oh, so I guess this is happening? Darcy took the handles of the Dowager Duchess's wheelchair and began to roll her back round, leading the upworlders toward the music of the cotillion. You're Talon, aren't you? I am, but my friends are not. And you are... periodicals, was it? Periodontists. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I don't know a thing about your people. I'll forgive you, because you're very dashing. <laughs> he gets that a lot. I'm sure. So what's your, um, whole gimmick? Before the human race began to dwindle Before mankind was awed by vulgar dreck There was a time a woman worked a spindle And found it scandalous to bear her neck A gentleman would wear his tails to dinner A double-breasted waistcoat under that A bodice made the zoftic lady thinner and when one stepped outdoors, one donned a hat. Had we kept to the rules that defined days of yore, we would never have fallen to pollution and war. Our forebears went too far, there's a line that they crossed. We would all be better off had we stayed in the past. There was a time when servants ne'er looked shabby. They iron-pressed their spotless livery In upstairs, downstairs, and in Downton Abbey 
They dressed for breakfast, lunch, and supper tea. It was a time when nothing much transpired. The most exciting thing was our new frock. A person hid the vices they desired. And if they lapsed, their peers would surely talk. Had we kept to the rules that defined latter days, we would never have set our planet ablaze. We can still be redeemed, though there's much we have lost. If we led our lives as if we had stayed in the past. Whether with Jane Eyre or Jane Austen, we get lost in those simpler times. We acknowledge Oscar Wilde on condition. Though we can't abide his crimes. It's a stricter way to live, but it's worth it. Hidden passions and pretense. If we have a heart, you won't unearth it. At our best, we're repressed in past tense. Think of all of the souls who would not have deceased If we kept to the rules of a period of peace We'd still be civilized, there'd still be permafrost We would all be better off living like a puppish top We would all be better off had we stayed in the past Um, I'm not sure we'd all be better off those times were pretty rough for marginalized communities, and I really what don't think... What on earth is a marginalized community? That sounds positively ghostly. Wow. So, my friends and I were wondering if you'd overheard anything unusual from any of the tubes patrolled by the Talon. You're a Talon agent, oughtn't you know? Oh, well, yes, but, um, I'm sort of the new kid on the block. This one is dressed in a Talon uniform. That one is gussied up like a harlot. And pray tell, what the devil is that one wearing? Oh, this is a romper. I'm from Soderberg. Oh, how abysmal. Such a dreary people, those Criterions. I find too much liberty can be altogether oppressive. I like this old broad. She's fun. I'm not super cultured. Have the period autists had much interaction with the Criterion Collective? Oh yes. When I was but a boy after the genre wars, the Criterion took us in. As our tribe reveres the great period pieces and costume dramas of the world that was, we had a bit of overlap with the Collective. But with all the repressed emotions and what have you, what do you have more in common with the Hepburners? Heavens no! The Hepburners like old stories told contemporaneously, whereas periodontists like even older stories told through the rose-tinted lens of nostalgia. Besides, the Hepburners are entirely too liberal for our refined sensibilities. And you thought you'd do better with a Criterion? Indeed. They share our appreciation for history, but whilst we would reenact the delicate days of those distant yesteryears, the Criterion sees the past as more of a cautionary tale to avoid rather than a halcyon age worthy of emulation. They reneged on their invitation for us to settle in Soderbergh and cost us to the bloody wind. It's because of them that we've been exiled to these wretched subterranean environments. Okay, this was before my time in Soderbergh, but that's not exactly how the tale is told among my people. Well, I'm hardly surprised. Your people prefer to 
dash themselves against the avant-garde rails of abstract nonsense rather than indulging in a comprehensible narrative. Oh, like a classist misogynistic trope where a damsel causes a scandal by kissing a stable boy in spite of her non-consensual arranged marriage to an older aristocrat? Ooh, that sounds splendid. You should be a raconteur. Oh, well, thank you. I am. But you're missing my point. Come now, <laughs> let us not quarrel over the past. What were you asking, Lucas? Well, just whether you'd overheard anything unusual from any of the Talon agents passing through your realms. Oh, not personally. But I heard the Marchioness of Chambers, of uh, the Blue Line Chambers, of course, not the Red. I've heard the Marchioness found something on the ground in one of the Talon tubes. She assumed one of your colleagues had dropped it, Master Lucas. We shall have to introduce you at Cotillion. We're almost there. Oh my goodness, it can't be. Not at the Cotillion. What's going on? It sounds like a raiding party. I told Lady World Trade Center that the venue she'd selected was entirely too close to the Grey Line. It's far too precarious. Lady Hyacinth, please take Grandmama back to the Orange Line where it's safe. Oh, surely you aren't thinking of pressing on. I must, darling. They won't have been prepared for this. I need to get our people to safety. You should all flee from here as well. No, we'll help. We will? Not my dog, not my fight, boo. Please, Danielle. There are innocent people up ahead under siege. I'm with you, Lucas. Fine, but just cause this Darcy dude's kinda hot. If you lay a finger on my fiance, I will- <laughs> The fuck you gonna do? Cry quietly into a throw pillow and never speak of it for as long as I live. That's what I thought. I'll scout ahead of my Schwinn and see what we're up against. Lucas mounted his bicycle and sped toward the sounds of chaos that crescendoed ahead. As the melee came into view, Lucas saw overdressed fops and bustled ladies fleeing their cackling assailants, who were dressed in bright primary colors and makeup that exaggerated their features. Can't be. Tunionist extremists! As Lucas rode closer to the onslaught, he could see that some of the attackers donned accessories to make them look like animals. Cat ears, foxtails, dog snouts, and so forth. Armed with brightly painted cudgels and mops they wielded like quarter staves, the Tunionists seemed to be abducting the defenseless periodontists, binding their hands and dragging them onto a wagon painted to look like an exaggerated police car. Suddenly, a woman wearing an aquiline rubber parrot beak turned sharply to notice the approaching lieutenant on his swing. A tall man in a tricorn cap turned to gape at Lucas. The Tunionist leader wore a dark blue legionnaire's coat with gold epaulets over a fuchsia spandex unitard. A crazed grin was visible under the plastic pig nose affixed above it on a pink painted face. <laughs> oh, this ain't one of y'all's tunnels, Talon. This here's our quarry. And we don't want no trouble, you hear? Slowly, a cadre of Tunionist zealots began to surround young Lucas, who, uncertain of what to do, panicked and made a dangerous gambit. I am here on the Cardinal's business. One of these people absconded with something that belongs to his eminence, and I am here to recover it by any means necessary. Sooner. The Cardinal went and sent a pretty little thing like you down into the sub-tubes all by your lonesome. 
I'm not alone. I was sent to scout ahead, but my party isn't far behind. And his eminence does not take kindly to those who inconvenience him. You expect me to believe you've got a force at your back that could stand a chance against my Bernstein Berserkers? No, but I expect you to believe that if you lay a finger on me or my people, the Cardinal will flood these tubes with an army the likes of which Fiveborough hasn't seen since the genre wars. That's a pretty hefty threat, Upworlder. And who's to say you live long enough to tell the old Cardinal what you saw here today? Lucas! Lucas! You see anything ahead? Hold where you are until I give my mark. Call! Call! He wasn't lying, boss. He's got friends back there. What do you say we uh, take the people and provisions we sacked and uh, hightail it out of here and leave you to your roost business? I need to interview those people and search those provisions for stolen goods. You drive a hard bargain, boy. It's a lot softer than anything you can expect from the Cardinal if you cross his talon. Release the prisoners! Empty the wagon and let's skedaddle, tootinists! But, pretty boy... You tell your master that he needs to learn to respect the authority of those who rule the world below. Or we will continue to tolerate your using up our roads for your roost supply line. That's all, folks! Tunianus, march! It's staged left. Mucus let out a hefty sigh of relief and waited for the Tunianist to march out of earshot before calling back to Bastion and the others. All clear, Bastion. Come on over. Bastion, Danielle, and the Lord Darcy jogged up to where Lucas was beginning to untie the bound, gagged prisoners. What the devil happened here? Tunianist extremists. Sweet Chrisley. Tunianists? I thought they were driven to extinction during the genre wars. Apparently not. And their numbers have been surging of late. They're turning into a frightful menace. You fought a Warwolf by yourself, Loki? No, I sort of tricked them. You wily devil. Thank you for saving my people. We owe you. All we need is that information from the, um, Martinet of... The Martinet of Chambers. (laughs) She's right here. Darcy removed the gag from the mouth of the bound subtube aristocrat. Bless my soul! Thank you ever so much for your valour, kind sir. However may I help you? I heard you may have found something that was dropped by Talon agents. Oh, why yes! If you'll just unbind my hands. Ah, thank you. It's just tucked here in my bodice. There it is. What is this? I've no idea. Some sort of laminated document. It must be a relic from the world that was. What does it say? Sod me if I know. I think this is some sort of address here. Oh, I know what those letters mean. That says NJ. What's that? New Jersey. It's what they used to call the hardened state in the world that was. 
Among the Snookies, Old New Jersey is regarded as a kind of paradise. The realest place that ever was. Hashtag Jersey Strong. Marchioness, would you mind if we kept this? It might be just the clue we've been looking for. If we can find someone capable of reading it. I owe you my life, good sir. The laminate is yours. Thank you. Um... The proper form of address is Lady Chambers. Uh, Lady Chambers. All right, friends. Let's help get the rest of these people untied, and then we should probably call it a day. The visitors from the world above made short work of freeing the unfortunate inhabitants of the world below from the ropes that bound them. Mucus was thanked profusely in the florid prose of the period people. And offered many gifts. Sweets, brooches, combs, and gloves. Oh, words can express my appreciation to you, good sir. Oh, I couldn't possibly. I'll hang on to these for him. You folks, don't worry. Saving us out of the goodness of his heart and taking a common street whore for his valet. What a charitable fellow! With everyone free and Lucas amply thanked by the guests of the ill-fated Cotillion, the periodontists began to disperse. Well, we got what we came for, and I think I've had quite enough adventure for today. We should probably head back. Lord Darcy, it was a pleasure meeting you. Oh, um, Lieutenant, if I might entreat you to do me a favor? Oh, uh, of course, your, um... Your Lordship. Your Lordship. What can we do for you? You see, gentle upworlders, I was not altogether candid with you earlier in front of Hyacinth and Grandmama. In sooth, I do not relish my lot as a debonair neo-Victorian popinjay, upholding this facade of reserved stoical satisfaction wears upon me. This heart longs for so much more than these sunless subterranean surroundings. Keep calm and carry on, that is my people's way. Put on a stoic smile and suffer through another day. Paint something we don't show, we bottle inside my snappy style. My every smile belies desires I hide. I do not fit my mold, I buck against these rules. There's something more out there. I molecules. The real me can't come out. They laugh and call me odd. I'm ready to try something new and shirk this damn facade. I won't bloom if I remain. Take me with you. Every day a bit more pain. Take me with you. I won't live until I go and leave this stifling life below. Take me with you. Take me with you. But what about your fiance? Won't Lady Hyacinth be devastated? My marriage was arranged. It's cold and insincere. Before I say my vows, let me fly free away from here. Who cares if I'm content? No one who dwells below I must raise my heart The most tender part Is something I can't show Here my life is a charade Take me with you 
Let this icy heart be thawed Take me with you There's no hope left here for me And I am dying by decree Take me with you Take me with you I know my mind's more open Than most people of my ilk I know there's more to living life Than linen, lace, and silk I'm caged in by this etiquette Imprisoned by each rule My heart's a burning engine And it starves down here for fuel In this place I won't find love Take me with you To your paradise above Take me with you Down here I will not survive But in your world above I'll thrive Take me with you Take me with you Oh, you could come home with me any day of the week, sexy I know your people have beef with the Criterion Collective but you'd be very welcome with us. It might take a bit of getting used to, but it sounds like we might be able to provide the kind of freedom you're seeking. Are you seriously trying to cockblock me right now? Hey. With respect, Milady of the Isle, Soderberg does seem like a good place to start at least. You don't want to at least say goodbye to your fiance and grandma? It's easier this way. If I just disappear, it will be simpler for them to repress than if they know I chose to leave. You're a peculiar people. Don't I know it. So, which way to Soderbergh? The three upworlders led the dashing dandy denizen of the world below to the street above, where his piercing blue eyes winced at the harsh light of a sun he hadn't seen since he was a lad. And with that we'll conclude, though there's more to tell still. While this group trod the tubes, others trek to Nipil. We'll catch up with the Princess Yolanda and Chip in our next new episode. But for now, off we slip. Oh.